Well, this morning we're going to uh, go right to the message, and I invite you to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. The first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, and then the second verse. God is always working out his providence in the affairs of men. God orchestrated the rise and influence of empires, the movements of people groups, and the progress of political powers to arrange for the birth of his son. We saw something about this last week as we talked together regarding that phrase in Galatians chapter 4 where it says, In the fullness of time, God sent his son. God was at work in history. And now today I want us to see together that at that first Christmas, God was also at work in the heavens. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And then let your eyes drift down to verse 7 where it says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And they had, when after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. The Magi that we read about in these verses were not kings, actually, though we often think of them that way because of tradition and because of Christmas carols. They were men who worked in the courts of kings. They were most likely royal astrologers, that is, they were scientists of their day who observed the heavens, and based upon the movements that they saw, they predicted to the king the events that were to come in his reign. They studied the heaven of stars, planets, and constellations in order to make forecasts for their royal patrons. The number of the magi mentioned in Matthew is not known, although three may be insinuated by the three gifts. The text does not tell us there were three. It says that they came from the east, meaning most likely Persia or Babylon. Most likely, too, they were Gentiles, although there were Jews who worked as astrologers for royalty. But most likely these were Gentiles who came. These kings, or these magi, and others like them were known to have traveled broadly in those days to pay respects to other kingdoms and to attend royal births that might occur. And so their journey 
to Israel on this occasion was not unprecedented. Their arrival in Jerusalem would surely capture the attention of someone like King Herod, especially when they asked, where is he who is born the king of the Jews? Because that was what Herod thought his title was. What was this star? Some say that the star is simply a symbol, that it was written into the text of Matthew in order to be a literary device to draw attention to the story, that in fact there was no real star or anything like it, that the early church or the early writers of the histories of Jesus simply inserted it as a fable. I completely reject that idea. There is nothing in the text at all that suggests that it is a fable that it's not true. As a matter of fact, when you read the account, it's very clear that it's a matter-of-fact accounting of something that happened. Then there are some who say that it was not a star, but it was a miraculous light or a miraculous sign of some sort that God put into the atmospheric sky in order to draw attention to the birth of his son and to direct them to his birthplace. That is a possibility, but I think there may be a better explanation than that. There are some who say, well, in fact, it may have been a supernova, that is, an exploding star that caught the attention of the Magi. After all, they used their instruments of that day to observe the heavens and would have seen such a thing. But perhaps the very best explanation is that it was not a star as we think of stars, but that it was instead an unusual conjunction of planets and stars that had a great significance to the Magi. Now, if I'm right that the, the, the latter explanation is the correct one, then determining a date is an important step to discovering what the star was. Computers today can recreate the heavens as they looked 2,000 years ago, on any given night. In addition to that, there are some ancient records that record for us celestial events from those days. So if there is some way for us to begin to fix a date, then we might be able to discover what conjunction of planets was involved in this star event. Now, a lot of people assume that Jesus was born between 1 A.D. and 1 B.C. After all, isn't that what the calendar would indicate? One before Christ, one after Christ? No, that is not true. Actually, Jesus was born earlier than that. The modern calendar that we use with the A.D.s and the B.C.s was not established until 525 A.D., and there were some errors made at that time. In fact, scholars in earlier centuries say that Jesus was born somewhere between what we call today by that calendar, 1 B.C. and 4 B.C., somewhere in that period of time. Now we know, or at least the text seems to indicate, that Jesus was born up to perhaps two years before Herod died. Now we know that because of his command that the babies be killed in Bethlehem to try to exterminate this rival king of the Jews. 
We know when that wicked man died. Herod died in the spring of 1 BC, as we call it. Meaning that Jesus may have been born in 2 or 3 BC, as we would reckon it. Now, what records are there of astronomical events in that period of time? Well, we have no account of any nova, nor are there any accounts of any unusual comets that might have been an explanation for the star. But what about this fourth possibility that I mentioned, a conjunction of planets and stars? in that window of time of 2 or 3 B.C.? Well, as a matter of fact, several occurred in that window of time involving Jupiter, which is the planet that signifies kingship to astrologers. Isn't that interesting? It's also interesting to me that the Hebrew name for Jupiter is Sedek, which means righteousness and is also one of the names given to the Messiah in the Old Testament scriptures. Dr. Craig Chester, who is the co-founder of the Monterey, California Institute for Research and Astronomy, wrote an essay about 12 years ago for Imprimis, a publication of Hillsdale College in Michigan. I quote this astronomer, quote, in September 3 B.C., Jupiter came into conjunction with Regulus, the star of kingship, and the brightest star in the constellation of Leo. Leo was the constellation of kings, and it was associated with the lion of the tribe of Judah. The royal planet, Jupiter, approached the royal star, Regulus, in the royal constellation representing Israel. Then the conjunction between Jupiter and Regulus was repeated, not once, but twice, in February and May of 2 B.C. Finally, in June of 2 B.C., Jupiter the king planet, and Venus, which was called the mother planet, the two brightest objects in the sky, save the sun and the moon, experienced an even closer encounter when their disks seemed, appeared to touch. To the naked eye, they became a single object above the setting sun. This exceptionally rare spectacle could not have been missed by the Magi. Now, putting all of that together with the king planet, having a conjuncture with the king or the star, the king star, in the constellation of kings representing Israel, and then the, the king planet having a conjunction with the mother planet, all in that period of time was very significant. And it may help you understand why the Magi came to Jerusalem asking the question they asked, where is he who is born 
the king of the Jews. They knew from their astrology that a significant personage had been born who was the king of the Jews. But what about this event of the star becoming stationary over Bethlehem? As planets journey through the the sky night after night and month after month, which they do, they exhibit what is called a retrograde, a retrograde loop, which means that as they move, they appear to slow down, come to a full stop, move backward in the sky, slow down, come to a stop, and then slowly resume their journey in the original direction. A retrograde loop, it is called. Did Jupiter, the bright planet of royalty and kingship, make such an apparent maneuver in this period of time? Was that perhaps what caused the Magi to be overjoyed as they were in Jerusalem looking for direction to get to Bethlehem. Dr. Chester continues his excellent article saying, We know for certain that Jupiter performed a retrograde loop in 2 B.C. and that it was stationary, listen now, it was stationary on December 25th. Interestingly, he says, during Hanukkah, the season for giving presents. That doesn't mean Jesus was born that night, but he is saying that that, that Jupiter performed this maneuver in the sky on that night in 2 B.C., showing the, um, the Magi the direction toward Bethlehem in the southern, because it was in the southern sky. Now, I need to stop at this. If you're interested in this sort of thing, you can go to Bethlehemstar.net it is the, unfortunately, Dr. Chester's article is not there, but there's lots of good information regarding this star and other things related to the Bible, Bethlehemstar.net. But what I want to say is what God's place is in all of this. It was God who set the star in motion at creation. It was God who planned the celestial show so that when it did occur at the right time, It would be observed by the Magi, and they would come to worship his son. It was just another way that God has demonstrated his glory in the heavens. It was planned to declare the arrival of his royal son. And my point this morning is this, that God was at work in the birth of his son. He was at work drawing Magi from the east to worship him. And God is still at work today, drawing and attracting and appealing to human beings to know him and his saving desire for each of them, for you. You see, God sent his son to be the savior of the world and to be your savior if you will receive him. Now, to those of us who know God's Son, I simply ask, are you God's star? Because, you see, God also has planned for you to be in circulation. He has planned in your life a certain orbit for your influence 
And God wants to use you to attract and to draw people to Jesus. That's part of God's plan, too. That's part of God's work as much as the planets and the stars. You, too, are God's star in your world to draw people to Jesus. Be about your work drawing folks in this season, of all seasons. And then, finally, do you know the one that God sent to be the Savior of the world? Do you find in your heart a strange warming, a drawing, an attraction to the Son of God? Do you sense your need for Him this season? Then open your heart and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Let God's Christmas gift be your gift today and know his eternal life and forgiveness of sins. Let's pray together. And Father, we give thanks to you for your gift of Jesus Christ, your Son, who was born the King of the Jews. We thank you that he came at the right time, that you worked in history and you worked in the heavens to make that possible. We bless you for it. And now, Father, I pray that as we get into the presentation today of the children, that you will bless them, that you will give them a great sense of being used by you. And I pray that you will give us a great heart to receive the gift that they wish to present to us. And I pray also for your blessing upon the offering that we are about to receive. God, I pray that you will be honored in it and that as we bring our gifts to you today as did those kings of old, that your heart will rejoice, that you will be pleased with our love demonstrated in our giving. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing How Great Our Joy? You know what? People can't give money if they're standing, so have them sit. While by the sheep we watched at night, glad tidings brought an angel bright. How great our joy, great our joy, 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 joy. Praise we the Lord in heaven on high. Praise we the Lord in heaven on high. There shall be born, so he did say, in Bethlehem a child today. How great our joy, great our joy, 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 joy. Praise we the Lord in heaven on high. Praise we the Lord in heaven on high. This gift of God will cherish well that ever joy our heart shall fill how great our joy great our joy 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 praise we the lord in heaven on high praise we the lord in heaven on high Thank you, Brian, for leading us in worship this morning. In just a moment, our kids are going to be in here to present 
a continuation of what Galen has shared about the star. But for right now, we'd like to invite you to stand and find someone that you don't know. Take a moment to greet them and make them feel welcome this morning. Thank you. You may be seated. I would invite you to be sure and take time to read in your special program this morning about all the many kids and adults who have helped put together our musical for this year. And I hope that you'll take time after the service to find some of the kids and uh, thank them for all that they have done, as well as the parents and parent helpers. And now it's time for our Kids Choir musical Presenting the Kids Vocal Band in A Star Is Born. Okay, everybody, this is our final rehearsal. And we have a very special audience out there waiting to watch us, so make sure everybody put on their smiles. And even though this is our final rehearsal, we're going to be doing some taping today. So we need to make sure to get through the whole thing without stopping, okay? All right, let's go over a little checklist. Does everyone have their costumes on? Does everyone know where their places are? Yes, Mr. Spielman. Does everyone know who the star of the musical is? Pastor Galen? No, not Pastor Galen. Was he born in a manger? No. Who's the star of the musical? Jesus. Okay, everybody, come on up. Come on, quickly, hurry up, get in your places.
action! Get out here. Uh, where's Mary? I'm awfully sorry, sir, and audience. I tried to tell her it was time to start taping, but she went to wardrobe. Wardrobe? What? She didn't wardrobe? You got her costume right there? I know, sir, but she said this is all wrong. She wanted an updated look. More pizzazz for leading lady. What? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm terribly sorry about the delay. Seems to be having a little trouble with our... Mr. Spielman! Oh, I'm ready for my close-up. This side, fellas. It's my camera-friendly side. Paige, where'd you come from? Where's Lisa? Lisa's supposed to be Mary. Break a leg. Someone told her to break a leg, and she did. I tried to help, sir. I called 1-800-BIG-STAR, and they said they had just the star we needed. What? That's right, sir. They said they had a leading lady who could even add her expertise. Listen, you behind the camera. My contract's best class of all the shops soft left. It captures my radio. And Mr. Spielman, Paige Darling signed our agreement. Notice clause 56. I'll leave my own wardrobe. It's a big star. Number 57. Being a star, I shall not follow animals or children. So can we say, rewrite, the kids in the magazine must go. And finally, number 58. Spaghetti. What's up? Yeah, spaghetti. My dear friend, Sophia Loren, taught me something valuable when she said, All I am, I owe to spaghetti. That's right, spaghetti. Oh, Mr. Spielman, I'm afraid I made a mess. What is it with her? I mean, no children and no manger scene at Christmas? And what is it with the spaghetti? She's clearly overestimating the power of pasta. Obviously, she's never heard of a low-carb diet. Paige, can you get her out here, please? Now, now, Cass, you just gotta stay calm. I've seen this before. We just gotta get a few things straight, all right? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Please bear with us. We'll, we'll have the cameras rolling in just a few moments. Thank you. <sighs> yes, Sophia. Regardless of what your contract states, the spotlight in this show is our Savior, Jesus. Now, it's all about Him humbling Himself and being born on this earth. <sighs> the kids and I, we've learned that we must humble ourselves if we're going to be used by God in the show or in life, period. Sophia, come with me. We gotta figure something out. <sighs> Sit. Kids, would you sing her a warm-up song? They really get down on this one. 
are staying, and that's final. The author would have wanted it that way. Well, career out of my way. Now look, I've been in a lot of really big shows, and I mean really big. And believe you me, I know how it's done. And I've never heard of this come to yourself, get down, then you're up thing. Miss Sophia, think of a seesaw. One side's down, and that's the human side. When we humble ourselves, we realize that we need God. The other side can go really high, and we can do anything God wants us. Miss Sophia, can, can you act humble? Of course I can act humble. I can fake anything. You want humility? Well then, show me the money. Well, you can't fake humility. God knows our hearts. Just stop it, Sophia. Stop it. Stop all the acting and pretending. Just look in the mirror. Can you look with yourself? Sophia, I was just like you. And one day, I stopped all the games. I stopped pretending and got real. I stopped the acting and revealed. I needed much more than hearing encore. I needed more than your applause. That's when God started to reveal. That's when I started to get real. Pretending's no way to live out your days. Stop this pretense. He said to me, Jesus was born to light the way. Jesus is with me every day. Any star quality, any spark that you see, we 
Cast our crew for our Ready for Our Christmas filming. How about you, Sophia? Mr. Spielman, if you want Mary, I'll give you Mary. Just give me the necessary information. I need to develop my character. Now, was she naive, glamorous, royalty? Give me her character description. Well, Mary was a young, humble, and uh, righteous girl. Not the humble thing again! Mary was chosen to be the leading lady because she knew her God and followed his ways. And we develop our character by learning to walk and talk like Jesus. You see, he's our example. You want me to be like this baby? That's right. It's all here. Just read the script. You'll find all the answers. Oh, no. They're going to sing again?
Oh, Mr. Spielman, let's cut to the chase. I didn't come here to actually become like Jesus. I'm just acting. I'm an actress in a play. So let's get going and let me act. Whoa, whoa, right there, Sophia. Woe to you. Now, I'm sorry. We just won't be Nina Play Mary after all. What's that supposed to mean? Jesus said, woe to you, you hypocrites, seven times. Do you even know what a hypocrite is, Sophia? It means one acting a part, a character in a play. Now, the Bible warns us about these hypocrites, those who act religious. Jesus wants us to have nothing to do with them. Now, I'm sorry, you just don't have the right, the right attitude to play Mary. Never, never in all my shows. You know we have a contract. I am to be a star. Well, I just can't lie to walk but out you know of here. My Mr. Mr. Spielman, just a minute, Mr. Spielman. We think Sophie would make a great star. Yes, if we only. Oh, oh, that's good. Oh, oh, that's perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, perfect. <clears throat> um, Sophia, why don't you go with these lovely young ladies to wardrobe, and they'll fix you right up. Well, finally, now. Girls, I'll need to wear something bright and glittery. Of course. But Mr. Spielman, what are we going to do? The critics will be here, and they're gonna—they're gonna give us a terrible review without Sophia. They're expecting her, sir. Well, that's just the price we're gonna have to pay, Paige. You see, God's given us a marvelous chance to share this with the audience. We need to take a stand and be faithful servants. Now I'm not after two thumbs up from the critics. No, it's what God thinks that counts to me. We want heaven's applause. Austin, would you sing a special song? When my time on earth is done and I stand before the sun, will you know me? Will you greet me to some child I stopped and fed the kind word I turned and said did they see you did they hear you through the simple
Well done. Paige, would you tell the wise men we're ready for their number? We're rolling again. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this next number. It's a favorite Christmas classic. We're rolling. We're stopping again. What is happening around here? You guys know this part. Do you like it? We thought it'd be cool to get a tension going as to which one of us is offering the best gift to the baby Jesus. It'll give it a new twist, a little greed and pride struggle. It's just too boring is written. We just come in, set our gifts down, and we're out of here. Sophia suggested we ham it up. Sophia! And we thought about it, Mr. Spielman, and we think she's right. We want our time center stage, too. Yeah. yeah! Boys, boys, you are the three wise men. Don't be fooled. You've listened to her, and now you're acting like her. We're going to do it the way it's written, right here in the Bible. Now let's review. Oh, yeah. The wise men searched for the star, and when they found it, they were... Overjoyed. Yes, they were overjoyed to find the star, which would lead them to the Christ child. And next they... Worshipped him. Right. They got down and worshipped him for who he was, their savior, as a joy and as a part of the worship, and then they presented their gifts. Don't you remember what we learned earlier? And if the Lord alone, the Lord alone, is lifted up, is lifted up, he will draw all men. You got it! You got it! You must get it! You gotta get it! 
videotaping. I got Sophia and she was all wrong. And now the wise men, all these people have come to watch and, and now they won't hear. Paige, Paige, the wise men are fine. They finally wised up. And as for Sophia, well, if Herod couldn't stop God's plan, she won't stop ours. You were just trying to help. Your heart was in the right place, and that's what God sees. But, you know, there is something you can do. What, Mr. Spielman? Ask anything. Paige, would you play Mary? But I'm just a backstage. You know the part, and you've been a faithful stagehand, so I know I could put you in charge of more. What do you say? Yeah! Well, I am the Lord's servant, and if this is how I can serve, of course I will. Yeah! All right. You know what, Paige, your answer. It was just like what Mary said when the angel told her she's going to give birth to Jesus. That's right. Mary knew that God would see her through it, and Paige, he'll see you through it too. Now go on, hurry, go get ready. Okay, places everyone, places. Are the shepherds and wise men ready? Okay, we're ready. No, no, I mean it. We're really ready. Now, you've watched behind the scenes. We've taken care of a few small matters. And now, I proudly present you our Christmas special, A Star is Born. Just, just, 
Just follow the star. is the love story of all time. God himself, the father of life, would love us so much that he would send his son, Jesus, our hero, down to earth to save his people from their sins. For unto you a star is born.
of us. Rejoice with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoice with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoice with great joy. They rejoice with exceeding great joy. That's right. One more time. When they saw the star, they rejoice with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoice with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoice with great joy. They rejoice with exceeding great joy. All right, thank you so much. Wow, what a great program. Thank you, boys and girls. Thank you, Pastor Steve, Christy Mardock, and all of you who have helped to produce today's uh, presentation of The Star is Born.